Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. so good to see you guys. Man, uh, last couple weeks have been so much fun. And last week we talked about living an overflowing life instead of living an overwhelmed life. And I just want to make you aware that if you ever have to miss a Wednesday or if you ever have a friend who's like, oh, I don't know if I want to, you know, go because I'm kind of nervous. Or maybe they, you have a friend that, um, you know, has to miss because of something. We actually have a podcast called the Cross Point Ministries Podcast. And every single week, Pastor Fisher uploads the sermon. Can we give it up for Pastor Fisher tonight for doing that? So please, 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 if you ever miss a message or you have a friend that does, you can send them on Spotify. Send them to Spotify. Have them search Cross Point Ministries Podcast. It has all of ours every single week and every Sunday morning as well. So your parents can listen to it, and it'll be great. Well, tonight... As you can see, I have some Oreos up on the stage. And I'm sure my husband, Tyler, he has no idea what I'm doing with the Oreos, but I'm sure he's very excited because he's going to get to eat the rest of them after this message. So he's excited. But I need four people tonight. You don't even know what you're going to do. You just know there's Oreos involved. I need four people who would be willing to eat a free Oreo. Now listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. If I call on you, you cannot touch the Oreo. You cannot um, go up to the bag. I need you to simply stand up on this stage and not do anything with the Oreos, okay? Okay, Drake, come on up. Your excitement is too much. Your excitement is too much. All right, Amelia, you can come on up. You can come. And I need another girl. I need another girl. Amalia, why don't you come up? Amalia, why don't you come up? All right. Okay. I'm going to get this out of the way so you guys can, can see these guys in the, in the flesh, in the full. Let's give it up for our volunteers tonight. So I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, you four are so excited to volunteer to eat an Oreo. But there is one caveat, okay? The middle of the Oreo that you are going to eat is going to be different. One of your Oreos is going to be just a regular Oreo. One of them is going to be uh, filled with mayonnaise. One of them is going to be filled with whipped cream. So that's pretty good. And the other one is going to be filled with toothpaste. Okay. So I'm going to give you the option. I'm going to give you for the option. If you do not want to eat the Oreo with the surprise middle, because you don't know what you're going to get. You can go ahead and sit down and I can bring somebody else out. Does anybody want somebody else to eat it? It's totally fine if you don't want to eat it. Amelia, you want to switch out? Okay, so, uh, I need another girl. Amelia, thank you so much for the initial offer. Yeah, you can. All right, all right. She's coming up. She's coming up. Atta girl. Okay, one more rule, one more rule. When I give you your Oreo... You cannot examine it. You cannot flash it around. I need you to take your Oreo 
And I need you on the count of three, when we count you down, you need to shove the entire Oreo in your mouth. There's no little nibbles. There's no single bites, okay? What, what do you want, Drake? You look very anxious. You don't want mayonnaise, okay. You'll eat the toothpaste, okay. I'm sure it'll be like a mint Oreo if you get the toothpaste probably. Um, but would any of you, knowing that you have to be like all or nothing, you have to eat the whole Oreo or nothing, do any of you want to sit down knowing that? Are you questioning it? You're good? You're good, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up this thing of Oreos, this sleeve of Oreos, and I'm just going to pass out these Oreos. And again, I don't want anybody up on this stage to examine. I don't want you breaking pieces off. I just need you to hold your Oreo. We're going to count you down, and this is what's, this is what's going to happen. They're going to eat their Oreo, and they're not going to say anything, y'all. You're not going to say anything. And based on their expressions, we are going to guess what it was in the middle of that Oreo for them. Okay? So you're going to guess, and then they're going to actually tell us. So I'm just going to go ahead, and I'm going to give you your, I don't even know what I'm handing you. I don't know what's in the middle, but thank you, thank you. And here you go. Don't eat it yet. Don't eat it yet. And Amalia, there you go. No examining. Okay, let's count them down on the count of three. Three, two, one. Eat that Oreo. The whole thing, the whole thing. Don't say a thing if you're up on the stage. <laughs> Drake, are you okay, buddy? No. Do you need a garbage can? You do? Does anybody have a garbage, Tyler, right around the corner? If you could hurry up. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> okay, okay, let's go ahead. Why don't you just shout it out? Why don't you just shout it out? What did you think that she had? What did, what did you think she had? What was it? Toothpaste? Is, that's the majority? Okay, don't tell us, don't tell us. What do you think that he had? Toothpaste, toothpaste, okay. What do you think Drake had? <laughs> Mayonnaise. What do you think Amalia had? Normal. All right, we're going to go down the line. Amalia, what was yours? What was your middle filled with? Regular Oreo. Regular Oreo frosting, okay. Drake, what was your middle filled with? I mean, it's kind of obviously mayonnaise. <laughs> what you didn't want? I didn't set that up. <laughs> uh, what did you have? Fresh mint toothpaste. Nice. I put a lot of it in there, so you're welcome. And what was yours? Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Let's give them a round of applause. You guys can have a seat. All right. So the title of tonight's message, go ahead and settle down. The title of tonight's message is called The Middle. Everybody say The Middle. Because here's the deal, the middle is important. We want to know what is in the middle. And the middle is kind of where this, you know, exciting, like if there's a new thing that happens or there's a beginning and, you know, that's great. But then all of a sudden you get after the new thing and you're not towards the end of it and you're just kind of in the middle of it. So it might be like after you decide that you're going to quit doing something. Like let's say you're really gung-ho, you're like, I'm going to quit, you know, being on social media or I'm going to quit with this like, issue, and you're all excited about it, and everybody's cheering you on, and they're so supportive and for you, and then all of a sudden, it's like a New Year's resolution almost, right? Like, you have this exciting moment in January, and then you get to, like, April, May, and June, and you're in the middle, and there's still a long ways to go, 
And so it can kind of get harder. The, the middle might be, you know, like after you start a relationship and it's like super exciting and everything is great and you have like all the butterflies and then all of a sudden you get further into it and you realize like maybe this isn't, you know, a great thing for me. You get in the middle or the middle might be when you are like super hyped about Jesus, like you come to know Christ and, and you're excited and you have this high mountaintop God moment. And then all of a sudden you start, you know, pursuing the Lord and you kind of get in the middle, like it's not new anymore. And so it can get kind of hard because you're in the middle. And see, I don't, I don't like the middle of things. I, I don't. I like new stuff. Like I like new beginnings. I like to meet new people. I like trying new things and dreaming about what things could be. But when the middle is not what I think it's going to be, when I realize that it's not what I thought, then that can be kind of hard. And here's the deal. You guys, all of you that are, you know, in this room sitting here as a student, you guys are in the middle. Because I, I remember at to what it was like to be a junior high or a high school student. And I'm just telling you that you guys are in the middle, okay? You're in the, you're in the middle of deciding the person that you want to be. You're in the middle of deciding what habits you're going to create for yourself. You're in the middle of deciding what path you're going to go down. But the middle is where you're stretched. And the middle is where you grow. The middle is important. But when the middle isn't what you think it's going to be, like those Oreo middles, then you have a choice. Just like these people, I gave Amelia a choice. I said, you can either, you can either take this, you know, this thing that's in front of you not knowing what the middle is, or you can have somebody else come do it. So you're faced with a choice. You're either going to face the middle or you're, and you're, or you're not ever going to see what's at the end if you, if you trade out. And I'm not putting Amelia down. I don't blame you, girl. But it's just for the point of illustration. So uh, also right here, settle down, y'all. Drake, you good, buddy? That man is an Oreo combination. It wasn't good, but you're good now? Okay, all right, good. So we're going to dive into Malachi tonight. And you guys may be wondering who Malachi is. Malachi is a prophet. It's going to pop here up on the screen what a prophet is. A prophet is basically a representation of God on earth. So it's like when a prophet speaks here on earth, it's basically like God is speaking to us. And in the book of Malachi, Malachi is addressing a group of people called the Jews. And the Jews were these people who were um, settled into this land, okay, and all of a sudden people came in and they removed the Jews from their homeland. Like they took them and they stripped them out and they had them as exiles in another place. And then they came back to their homeland and they had been there for a hundred years. They'd been settled there for a hundred years. And that's where the book of Malachi, that's who he is writing to, is these people that have been taken from their land. It's like if we here in America were, you know, just chilling, living our everyday lives, and then all of a sudden somebody from like Europe or Africa, they come in and they strip us out of our hometown, out of our homes, and then we come back and we've been here for like a hundred years. So, so we've had some time to, you know, kind of settle. And the cool thing about Malachi is that he's writing to these people as they are stuck in the middle. And here's what I mean by that. The people that, you know, he's writing to these Jews, it's not like they were just taken out of their homeland. It's not like they were just getting back. Okay, say I'm like, but it's, it's not like they were just getting back to, you know, their homeland after being stripped away from it. They had been there for a hundred years. They're in the middle 
nothing new, nothing crazy is exciting, okay, nothing new is happening. But here's what I found, and I said it a couple weeks ago, it's in the middle where we can sometimes get the most distant from God. Because we're no longer needing to rely on him, he's not at the forefront of our minds. Because the honest truth is that we don't constantly live in a state of crisis, right? There's not some traumatic, dramatic thing always happening in our lives. Maybe, maybe some of you act like that. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. But there's not always something so dramatic happening in our lives. And that's a good thing because we don't have the stamina or the energy or the emotions or any of that to, to handle extreme pain or loss or any sort of, like, major drama thing happening every single day. Like, we don't have that adrenaline and energy. But in those extreme moments, when there's a new thing happening or there's a scary thing happening, there's, there's things on the line, right? And so that's when we, like, lean into the Lord and we seek him because we need saving. And God is at the forefront of our minds. Like, maybe it's when a, a family member is ill, like, you find that out right away. Or maybe it's when somebody that we love dies. Or maybe it's, like, after a breakup. But during the middle, when things are normal casual, comfortable, that's kind of the danger zone. Because that's when our relationship with God seems to kind of get crowded out and we become preoccupied with ourselves instead of God. And in the middle is where we can get stuck. It's where we can get distracted. It's where we can begin to start asking like God questions, but really we just start complaining to God and and questioning his greatness. And the middle can be this place where we almost treat God like he's a hobby or like he's another thing that we have to do. Like he's not at the center of everything in our life. And it's because we're more focused on us than we are on him. So Malachi is again talking to these people that are in the middle. You know what's funny is that as I was preparing for this message, I, I'm very curious how many times I'm actually going to say middle in the message. Because last week I talked about the semantic saturation. Like if you say something over and over and over again, it begins to lose its meaning. Please don't do that with this word tonight, okay? Like this is the whole focal point of the message. I had um, a boy come up to me on Sunday, uh, Oliver B. He's like, I said penguin for like 30 minutes straight. And I'm like, is that what you took away? He said, yeah. I said, great. Um, but anyways, don't, don't lose the meaning of middle because I'm going to say it a lot tonight. But Malachi, in this book of the Bible, he creates a crisis when there is no crisis, okay? He wakes us up to the crisis of God during the times when all these people, all these Jews, they only wanted to focus on themselves. So he keeps us on our toes. He keeps us listening, waiting, and ready to respond to God. And if you don't know, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So at the beginning of the Bible, there's the Old Testament. In the back of the Bible, there's the New Testament. And Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And the, and the Old Testament is like before Jesus, and the New Testament is like Jesus and, and beyond, right? So what's crazy is that after, after Malachi's book, between the Old and New Testament, there's 400 years of silence where God did not speak. 400 years of silence. You talk about the middle. It was like Malachi was giving this message to prepare people to be in the middle. And I, I'm just going to be direct with you guys because we're going to dive into this. 
it's like a question and answer, this book of Malachi. It's like the people, like the Jews, they ask God a question and God answers. And it's so direct. And I love it. And it may feel like I'm kind of coming at you tonight a little bit because it is very direct. But it is so, so good and so relevant. So the first part of, part of Malachi starts off with this. It is God saying three simple words, okay? This is what he says to start off the book of Malachi. I love you. That's all God says. He just says, I love you. And the people get offended by that. They get offended that God would say, I love you. So note number one, if you have not written anything down yet, is stop getting so offended, okay? Stop getting so offended because our tendency is to push people away that love us most because we don't want to face rejection. We don't want them to all of a sudden find something out about us that, that they don't like. And so we're hurt and we start pushing them away and we get offended. But when you do that, you're only really hurting yourself. And when you begin to believe those lies that you're playing in your mind, that the story that you're creating, you actually forget the truth of what has happened in the past. So quit playing victim and getting offended. That's point number one, okay? Because then after God says, I love you, that's all he says, the people respond and they just go, really? Really, God? How have you loved us? How have you possibly loved us? And I love how the Message Bible puts it because God responds by just saying, look at history. Seriously, just take a look at it. Just, just look at history. And he gives them a couple of examples. And what's so good there is that you, we cannot let the lies or insecurities of the enemy keep us or get in the way of what God has done for us in the past. Because in the middle, it's really easy to forget. And so God calls them out because all of a sudden they have stirred the pot, right? Like they have, they have stirred the pot. They're trying to create a little bit of drama. And so God is just calling them out. And this is on a Wednesday night sometimes what we're going to walk through and what we're going to do because God wants us to be called out so we know the truth. And so God calls them out by saying, where is the honor and respect? You despise me. Like, that's what God says to him. You despise me. And the people get offended again, and they say, how do we despise you? How? how? <laughs> and, uh, and God says, through your shoddy, sloppy, defiling worship. And this type of shoddy is not the type of shoddy, your homegirl, okay? This is S-H-O-D-D-Y, and it means badly done, okay? So don't let your mind even go there, okay? It's no shoddy, it's your birthday. No, it's not that, okay? It's, it's bad. It's bad worship. And so then they say, okay, what do you mean defiling worship? Somebody's taking a picture of that. I love that. Shoddy, not shoddy. Very important. Keep that in the back of your mind. You never know when you'll need to use that. I'm kidding. So God says, they say, what do you mean defiling worship? And God says, it's defiling because your worship is no longer a priority. It's not important anymore. You don't bring your best. And then he adds to it. And he says, in fact, why don't you just shut the doors of the temple? Why don't you just shut the doors of the church and lock them up? Then none of you can get in and play out religion with this silly, empty-headed worship. I don't want any more of this so-called worship. <gasps> like, Jesus, that's intense. And then he says, you know what? This is what God says. I'm honored all over the world. And there are people who know how to worship me all over the world, who honor me by bringing their best to me. But you, instead of... Instead of honoring me, you profane me. You profane me when you say, guys, like, 
seriously. This is straight from the book of Malachi. And how relevant is it today? You, God said, you profane me when you say, worship isn't important. And what we bring to worship is no account. And then God also says, also when you say, I'm bored, this just doesn't do anything for me. God goes, you act so superior, sticking your noses in the air, act superior to me, God. And when you do offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down or broken, broken or useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. And then he says a curse on the person who makes a big show of doing something great for me. An expensive sacrifice, say. And then at the last minute, they bring in something puny and worthless. I am a great king, God of the angel armies, honored far and wide, and I will not put up with it. Whoa. <laughs> they got called out. But I believe that there is something that we need to read and evaluate ourselves. And as I was preparing for this message, it was just like, God, just just open open up the Bible. Just, just open it up. Because... I, I really didn't even know what, you know, I was going to talk about. Open up the book of Malachi and I read it and I'm like, this is exactly what I need and exactly what needs to be said tonight. So here these people are. They're stuck in the middle. They're going about their day-to-day. They're checking off the boxes. They're doing things on their to-do list. And they start slacking and they stop bringing their best to God and they begin to get bored. So, so are you coming in bored? Like on a, on a Wednesday night. Are you coming in and playing religion with silly, empty-headed worship? Are you going around at school and saying, hey, come to church with me. It's going to be awesome. And then when you get here, are you thinking more about what people are thinking of you than you are what God wants to speak to you? Because that is, is what God is calling them out for. And then, and then Malachi says this. He says, you make God tired with your talk. And they say, how do we tire God out? How do we, possi- how do we possibly make God tired? And, oh, man, if this will preach, it will preach. God says, you tire me out by saying God loves sinners and sin alike. God loves all. Like, you tire God out when you say that. Oh, God loves sinners. He, 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 he loves all. And also by saying judgment, no. God's too nice to judge. God does not like that. He does not like that. Did you guys know that God does not love everything? It's quiet, but it's true. God does not love everything. God actually just likes some things. And that may be contrary to what you're hearing, because you may hear people say, God accepts all and God loves all because God is love. But I want to take a moment to point out this piece of scripture where it says that we are literally tiring God out when we say this because, yes, God loves and God is love, but God does not love everything that we do. There's some things that are wrong with our society that God does not love. And God is sick and tired of us watering down Scripture and watering down the gospel. He is tired of us going to the wrong sources just to get the answers, just to get the things that we want to hear. He is a gracious and a merciful God, But he is also a just God, and he would not be a just God if he did not give us truth. So stop going to Google. Start going to God. So God calls him out. He said, you know, you have a long history of ignoring my commands. You you haven't done a thing I've told you. That's what God says. And then God says, return to me so I can return to you. When he says that, return to me so I can return to you, he's saying basically, I want to be with you. And so then the people say, but how do we return? And then God says this, just start by being honest. So what things do you guys need to be honest about tonight? 
Because then God calls him out again, and he says, you know, you've spoken some really harsh words to me. I wish that all of us would just be open like that and just be like, hey, my feelings are hurt because you said this. Like, can we just, like, be adults and be real and, and talk about it instead of trying to go behind each other's back? But God's literally just direct. He's like, you've spoken some really harsh, rude words to me. And then the people said, when did we ever do that? Getting offended again. And guys, this is straight from the word, okay? I don't even need to, I didn't even need to write a message. I just needed to literally speak the words from Malachi. This is what it said. They said, when did we ever do that? When did we ever say anything rude about you? And God said, you said some rude things when you said, it doesn't pay to serve God. What do we ever get out of it? When we did what he said and we went along with long faces, serious about God, what difference did it make? Those who, they take life into their own hands, they're the lucky ones. They break all the rules and they get ahead anyway. They push God to the limit and they get by with it. But then the word says, those whose lives honored God, they got together. And they talked it over. And God saw what they were doing and he listened in. And then a book was opened up in God's presence and there was some notes taken of this meeting with these people. And then these people that were God-fearing, their names were written down in this book. And then it says that God says, these people, they are mine. These people, they are all mine. And they're going to get special treatment when I go into action. I'm going to treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors me. And once more, you'll see the difference it makes between being a person who does the right thing and one who doesn't. Between serving God and not serving him. So, guys, there are two groups of people in this passage. Okay? Two groups of people. And both of them are in the middle. And just like during that illustration where they were faced with this, they didn't know what was in the middle. There is a choice for both groups. Choice A is, is not the group that you want to be in. Choice A is very prideful and they're very self-centered. And when you're in the middle, it's easy to start focusing on yourself. Because nothing bad is happening and so all of a sudden you have time to look to the left and look to the right because nothing like major is happening in your life. And then you start to compare yourself to other people and then you start to feel sorry for yourself and you kind of get bitter a little bit and you get selfish and you get distracted because you see how other people are living. And whenever we grumble about our life or our circumstances or the wrong treatment that we've received, we are elevating ourselves above God. We're basically saying, hey, God, like, I, I can run this whole world better than you. I can, I can do it better than you. Obviously, you're not doing much because I'm, you know, going through this or I'm stuck in this. And I'm trying to serve you, but all I get is unfair treatment. But the guy who arrogantly rejects you, they're living a great life. I'd fix this if I were in charge. When we do that, we're elevating ourselves above God. Do you really think that you're better than God? Guys, this 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 will preach because I have seen it. This is my my third year in ministry, and I'm seeing it. Self-centered people do not last in serving God. If you're self-centered, you're not going to last. If you're only thinking about yourself, your relationship with God is never going to be where it should be. And too many people are using God. They're using God for a facade, for a fad, to draw eyes to them. And if your faith is built upon what you look like to other people, you are never, ever, ever, ever going to get through the middle. You're just not. See, a lot of Christians, they think that when, you know, they become a Christian, everything's going to be a piece of cake. And, and then all of a sudden they get to the middle and they start thinking, um, you know what? Like, 
they, they, they just all of a sudden get self-centered and they, you know, start getting insecure and they start having these selfish thoughts and then, and then they're just crowding God out. Here is a life-changing thing that I really wish you guys would mentally take a note of or physically take a note of because it is life-changing. People are not thinking about you as much as you think that they are. You know why? Because they're thinking about themselves. And right now, you guys are trying to figure yourselves out, and it can be a very insecure season, a self-conscious season, and it's because you guys are in the middle, okay? But you guys remember when I was, you know, at the beginning, uh, I, I told the people up here, I said, it is all or nothing. Like, I said, you've got to eat the whole Oreo, or I'm going to find someone else who will. Well, guys, guess what? God wants to use you. He wants to do big things with you. He wants to have the Holy Spirit working through you. But if you are not willing to be all in with God, he is going to find someone else who will be. It's just the truth. May we be a generation, a group of people who are in the second category, the group B category, who come together on Wednesday nights and actually lean on to each other, who find themselves maybe in the middle but also knowing that they're not going to get stuck in this selfish, self-centered mindset that others might. Quit getting offended. Quit pushing love and truth away. The problem is not God. The problem is you. And Malachi came along at a time where these people were struggling to believe that God even loved them. And maybe you're there tonight. And that's why you're starting to, you know, you've been in the middle for a while. You had this exciting God moment or you know, good things have happened, but now you're just like stuck and you're starting to question because you're thinking about yourself. But people focus on their unfortunate circumstances and then they refuse to account for their own sin. And that is not what I want for you guys tonight. So God pointed the finger back through Malachi and God got in their face a little bit. And so obviously this is a message where it's pretty quiet tonight because it's a little direct and it's a little bit in your face, Okay. But it's time to take responsibility for our own actions and start serving God faithfully. Because there's going to be middles in your life. This isn't just, you know, one, a one-time thing. There's going to be other middles that come up. I told you, I, I myself feel like I'm kind of in this middle season. But if you focus more on yourself and your own pain than on God, you're not going full of the source. And I don't know if you guys know this, but when you guys go on a, when, when anyone goes like on a long run, you hit this wall, especially, like, if you're a marathon runner. Does anybody ever run a marathon? If, you, if you're a marathon runner, no. Well, someday you will, I'm sure, some of you. But when you're running in a marathon, you can hit this wall. And when you hit this wall, your body needs to be trained enough to know that you have to go to a different source. Because the, the fuel source that you once went to is depleted. Like your energy is gone. It's not enough. And so you have to go to a different source. And there was this guy who was running this marathon. And he was honestly pretty close to the finish line. Like he was in the middle, but he was really close. And he was, he was running in the middle. And then all of a sudden he hit this wall and he just collapsed. Because he didn't train his body to go to the right source. He didn't, he didn't train his body to have that energy that he was looking for be drawn from the right thing. 
And as this guy is, he's collapsed and he's, you know, wanting to finish the marathon, he's wanting to finish the race. He, he's on the ground. He notices, he looks up and he notices another runner that's running by who turns around and stops him and sees him there. And the guy on the ground said, at that moment, I knew, I saw the guy and I knew that he had made up his mind that he was going to help me. And so this guy came and, and this guy who, you know, he had been, he had trained his body to go to the right source. He had put the time in, he had put the work in. And then another person came by and they got this guy up and they start helping him cross the finish line. They, they help him up and they, they help, you know, get him past that wall. And they used what they knew, what they had been going to, the source that they had trained themselves to run to, to get that guy across the finish line. Two people, two people who were trying to just finish the race. Two people who were tired themselves, who were worn out. Two people trying to hit their goals, trying to get through their middle. They got over themselves. And they helped the man cross the finish line and complete the marathon. Students, we need to train ourselves to go to the right source when we feel depleted, when we're in the middle. And that right source is Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that this room is full of people who don't get consumed with themselves, with their middles, with their insecurities, with their problems, that they miss out on what God wants to use them for. That they miss out on not only crossing the finish line and seeing the end, but crossing it with other people. Because here's the honest truth, honest truth guys, there, there's an end, okay? There is an end. There will come a day when we are not on this earth anymore. And you may feel like the, the middle of whatever you're going through is never going to end, but it will. And when it does, where will you be? And who will you bring with you? Because although you may feel like you're in the middle and it's hard, the middle, what you guys decide now, it's going to determine where you end. So if that's you tonight, and you're saying, yeah, I'm going through the motions, I'm crowding God out because I'm so consumed with my own insecurities or my own self or my own problems or the friend issues or relationship issues or my identity crisis, whatever it is, if that's you and you feel like, you know, I, uh, I'm not going to the right source. You're going to have an opportunity to tell God that you want the right source, that you want all of him. And I'm just telling you guys, if you choose that right source, if you choose Jesus Christ and you get over yourselves and you pursue him, your life is going to be greater than you ever imagined. Your life is not going to be shaken by the things of this world. Your life is not going to be shaken by their opinion of you or what your body looks like or how many likes you get because you're going to know who you are. And my heart has been so heavy this week because it feels like the enemy is just beating me up with different things. It doesn't matter if you've been in a thousand church services. The enemy can still try to sneak in any way that he can and get your eyes focused off the right source. But this room of people, no. 
not going to happen. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond tonight. Because some of you maybe have been going through the motions and, you know, church is this, this silly, empty-headed worship place where you come in and it's not serious and you, you haven't been all in with where God wants you to be. If that's you tonight and you're wanting to change that and you want God to use you and you want the Holy Spirit to work through you and you want to get through this middle and get to the end and not only get there yourself but bring others with you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three if that's you tonight. So if that's you and you're choosing Jesus Christ to be your source, to be your everything, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. This is your moment with God to say you're all in. Hands all around. You can put those hands down. Well, guys, don't be a distraction to the person next to you right now because this, this could be a life-changing moment for them. It doesn't matter that we do this every single week because... Every single day, God's mercies are new. His plan for your life is exciting. And so we're going to say this prayer together. And I want you to mean it with everything that's within your heart. So just repeat after me and talk to God and just say, God, repeat, God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. I'm sorry. I've made mistakes, I've sinned, please forgive me. Help me to see others who need you. Help me in the middle. I want to live for you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise tonight. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.